<laughs> hey, what's up, guys? I'm this, still, is, this is the walk-ons. I'm still hearing the music in my head. Ah, Sorry, there we go. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> this is the amateur production that you've come to love or and not expect because so, we haven't been here for a while. So there it is. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we are. Every time we, we start, we hear ourselves. It's yeah. fun. I'm Eric. I'm Marcus. This is the walk-ons. Let's get it. Home of the, the lukewarm takes. Mm -hmm. um, and this, this episode, we focus on NFL because and that's what's happening. Maybe some NBA. Stay tuned for some Texas softball talk if we're tell we're them why, Marcus. It. Tell them why. No, maybe maybe not today, but in the in the near future, um, as I will be covering Texas softball for the Daily Texan this semester. Make sure to hit up dailytexanonline.com <laughs> for all your there you go Texas softball needs because that's you. This guy's got it. Um, it's an exciting day for the walk-ons as of January 7th. What's today? January 20, 27th. 27th. 20 days. Marks the 20th day anniversary that we've been on Apple Podcast app. Woo! So you better go on. Also marks more than 20 days since we've had a show. That's true. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so sorry time. to our loyal listeners. We're back Sunday at 4. Mary Beth. So sorry. What's up? Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in, Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, go online uh, to your Apple Podcasts app and, and check us out. We're there. Uh, give us a give us a rating. Maybe about two point five out of five would, uh, well, would be would be accurate. Just whatever you think is is appropriate. Um, we'll let you make the call. <laughs> I don't want any you know bloated ratings or anything. So please, <laughs> completely accurate ratings. Please give us your honest opinion. So comment, like if you want. I don't care. Doesn't doesn't, doesn't bother me if you don't. <laughs> uh, no, for real though. Go online, check that out. You can subscribe and you can get all of our high quality audio every week. Um, so we'll start posting them there. Again, you can always catch us on Facebook Live. And we're back. We're back. Let's get into it. Let's dive in. So, Marcus, yeah. how's it going, buddy? Well, it's going good. Saw you, you earlier feel, today. You feel pretty wise these days. <laughs> no, I actually don't. I actually don't. Tell the listeners why you don't feel wise these days. Because I got my wisdom teeth out. Yep. That was a bad joke. Bad joke. Um, anyways, <laughs> so sports. Um, Absolutely. We've missed several playoff games, playoff rounds. Um, most notably the championship games, um, gearing up for the Super Bowl. Not today, but next Sunday. Because mm -hmm. today is the more important game, absolutely, the Pro Bowl, where and Zeke Elliott not only takes fake punts for first downs, mm -hmm. but also plays as a pass rusher, and doesn't do that well. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, he's not very good. Mm -mm. But mm -mm. which pass rushers do well in the Pro Bowl? <laughs> That's true. None of them. So, um, so it could translate well. <laughs> <laughs> so he, maybe he's a Pro Bowl pass rusher. Maybe so. Just, <laughs> he's playing like one. <laughs> well, anyways, last Sunday, yeah, championship some crazy, Sunday. crazy game. One of the best championship Sundays I think I've seen since I've been a, a sports fan. Um, and when did you become a f sports fan? That's a great question. I'd say 
probably <laughs> when I was seven or eight. Yeah. When I first started watching some sports. Yeah. I I vividly have I have memories of sitting in my dad's lap, just being bored to tears watching Cowboys games. No way. When I was like five, yeah. Really? Because uh, of course he wanted to watch the Cowboys game. Because yeah. Why not? Because he's an adult and he can do what he wants. Uh, right. But I, I am not at the time. You're fine. And so I could not yeah. do what I wanted. And so we watched the Cowboys games. And I I hated every second of it. But then, you, you know, you just kind of grow to love it. It's like watching golf. Sure. I, I mean, it, it, took me a, it took me a lot longer to like golf. But in recent years, I've You've grown to taken love. appreciation to the game of golf. That's really funny. I don't remember ever not liking sports. Really? Yeah. I, I used to go to football games, cowboy games with my granddad. And my dad, and brother. Well, maybe you're uh, just a better old, fan than me. I, guess. I am, and I was probably five. She's really funny. Yeah. Quincy Carter and Keyshawn Johnson. Those are the players. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So, since I've been a sports fan, I don't, yes. I don't think I've seen a championship Sunday this exciting. Both games go to overtime. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the first time that's ever happened. Um. And I I think both games. You kind of have the the defining moments um, of each of these teams' seasons happen in, in both of these two games. Um, for the Chiefs and the Patriots, um, I mean, I, I really think it's just... It's it's sad that it came down to a coin flip, but um, I think that the defining moment of, of that season for the Patriots thus far was Brady leading the overtime drive. Absolutely. Um, and for Pat Mahomes, I think it, it came down to... I, I mean, it just there, there's so many storylines coming in this game about, you know, is, is this going to be Brady passing the torch off to, to Pat Mahomes as the next great quarterback in the AFC? Um, I mean, in, in the NFL in general as well. Uh, or is this going to be Brady, you know, showing the last of his strengths um, and holding off, you know, one of the best teams in in the league this year and making it to a third straight Super Bowl, you know, going for a sixth Super Bowl as quarterback. Is, you know, is, is he going to be able to somehow just wildly pull this off? Um, and I, I think that, that part of it was fascinating. I, I, I love the storyline of you've got the, the – seasoned veteran um, who's been here plenty of times before, who knows what he's doing, he knows what it takes, but you know, does he have the talent to beat the kid with the most talented arm of, I mean possibly anybody ever in, in the game of football um, and obviously he's you know a second year player, we have no idea what's going to happen the rest of his career, but just by based on pure talent, I mean Mahomes look like looks like right now that he could go down as as one of the greatest to ever play. Um, and I, I think that storyline, just kind of the two juxtaposed next to each other, you know, vying for either, you know, the first Super Bowl appearance or possibly the last one for Brady. I, I think that's just, that was just fascinating. And it was a great aspect to that game, you know, a, a game that went to overtime. And it really came down to who was going get to the, get the ball first. But... Um, I just I just loved every second of that game. As did I. It was a Patriots-driven game till the second half. 
and it looked like a different Chiefs game for Pat Mahomes to come out and have composure in the second half and lead a comeback in the fo- in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, they scored 24 points in the fourth quarter, which is something that Kansas City Chiefs have been able to do all year, but you weren't sure based on the first half if they could if they could do it against the Patriots. It seemed as if maybe the spotlight would be too big, but all in all, Pat Mahomes hang, hung in there. He threw t- three touchdowns and, and was able to lead his team down the field um, when it counted. Mm-hmm. Again, gave himself a chance to win with a coin, flop, coin flip um, going the way of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Sort of unfortunate. I think I at least wanted to see Pat Mahomes win. Um, but after seeing Brady still look legendary in this game, it's hard to root against him at this point. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's the you I know the age the old way. question of of will you sort of hop on the bandwagon and root for a legend? I find myself drifting towards yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's really fun to root for Tom Brady as sort of the old man veteran showing people how it's done. Even even the uh, you know the rook uh, the, the second year phenom. It's not quite Pat Mahomes' time yet. It seems in the AFC. You know, I think, I mean, it, and I, I think Mahomes is going to get plenty of chances with how young and talented that Chiefs roster is. Uh, they've got a good defense that uh, struggled at times this year, but uh, they've got some building blocks. And then offensively, they're just going to be a powerhouse. Uh, and they're set up for the next five years. But um, I just think you, I, I have learned that there's no situation where you can bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's crazy. Like, I, I honestly, I didn't have them winning either of their last two games. And they pulled it off. Um, I mean, part of it was just how they were able to, to jump all over Mahomes in the first half. Um, got him rattled in his first, you know, AFC Championship game. And then... Um, it took him a while to get back on track, and when he did, he was uh, he was excellent. But uh, I mean, if you just give Brady any kind of breathing room, I mean, he he made some huge plays there, especially at the end of that game. Um, and I just think when you have when you have a guy like Brady and a coach like Belichick paired together, I, I that almost always wins against young talent. Even though this young talent might be one of the best we've ever seen, you just can't bet against the veterans against the young talent, and I think that's what they showed us. Make an interesting comment about Bill Belichick. The influence that he's had on this Patriots dynasty is unbelievable. It's It's been clear to me in the last few years, and especially like this week, that Bill Belichick is the real reason that this franchise has evolved into a powerhouse. Um, his coaching ability, his ability to scheme uh, and outcoach the other team. Andy Reid's a great coach, mm-hmm. um, but it looks like the Patriots were more prepared and, and better schemed to win that game, especially in the first half. Um, and the Chiefs were just knocked off balance, and, and they had the talent to sort of bring it back in. Uh, but I think Bill Belichick is the is way more important to the franchise than I ever thought. Um, I thought it was kind of Brady's team. But, but this this last playoff run has showed me, like you said, the duo of those two guys. When you have those two guys, that's how you're able to 
endure the sort of parody of the league yeah. that, that the NFL exists to create. And somehow they're able to stay good in this crazy league design. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's it's the combination. I, I mean, they're... they're um, they're they they go together. It's it's not like like I, I think Belichick on his own and Brady on his own doesn't do anything of this caliber, right? Because hmm. um, I think if if Belichick doesn't get the quarterback, then it just takes him longer to um, to be able to win in this league. Because I mean, even if you look at when you look at how the league has changed since they first started their reign, sure. Um, Right now, the most important thing for an NFL team to build is their passing offense. That I mean, you, you look at the teams, you can say what you want about defense wins championships. Look at the teams that made made it to the championship games. They were the two, four of the top five passing offenses in the NFL, right? Yeah. And the defenses, in, in many cases, I mean, the Chiefs defense had some struggles throughout the season. The Patriots defense um, has been good, but not great, right? The Saints have have some playmakers, but I mean they they haven't been anything special. Um, the Rams, I you know, really struggled against the run uh, for most of the season. Um, they had some big problems, but those are the four top passing offenses in the NFL. So so you look at where it went from when they started, you know, winning Super Bowls to now. So much of the NFL has changed, but they've been able to adapt because. They have the coach, and they have the quarterback, right? I I, th- I think those are both the the two integral pieces to, to this equation. Like you, you you can't just take one out and say, oh, Belichick would have been able to do it without Brady. I, I think eventually he would have found, um, you know, a quarterback that that fit. But um, I just think those two guys, you know, feed off of each other, and at the same time. I mean, with all the changes that not only the league has gone through, with all the changes their team has gone through over the last 10 years, I mean, he, he is Brady is consistently throwing to guys that at the beginning of the season we've never heard of, right? <laughs> that they, they draft from lacrosse teams. They, they really do. They draft from lacrosse. And I, it's like there, there's no other quarterback, and it's quarterback-coach duo that can overcome a lack of, of true playmakers like that, right? Like, Dak struggled for last year and, and this, you know, beginning of this year. I, th- I think he finished the year pretty strong. But Dak struggled and it was, oh, he didn't have, he doesn't have the playmakers right now. Yeah. Brady is throwing the ball to, to Chris Hogan. And, I mean, it, it's like, I, I don't know. You, you, yeah. you can't, you can't blame. You can't even argue that. That Edelman is a true playmaker. I mean, and uh, Hurt Gronk don't is, get me wrong. Ed, Edelman is a great receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's he's shown that he's he's just a playmaker. But he's he, he's not particularly fast. He's not obviously big. Um, he's not more athletic than most of the guys that are covering him. Um, but I think it it goes into Belichick's scheme and then Brady's ability to, I mean, play the quarterback position better than anybody we've ever seen. It's sort of amazing, you know, how they've adapted. You're right. so right. And it's been since I looked it up, 2000 was the first year they played together. Um, again, now 2018 season is what we're in. So 18 seasons. 
I mean, th- nine think Super of the, Bowls. Yeah, th- th- think of the teams that they've seen like make it to the Super Bowl in different ways since then. Absolutely. And they continue to just chug along, and it's not that they're not making adjustments. I mean, obviously they, all, they are. That's one of their keys. Right. Is, is they make just enough, like, you, you, we know the Cowboys, so we talk Cowboys. Jason Garrett is the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> he will not bend his scheme to fit what his players are. Belichick is the master of, he knows what works, but he's also going to, he had Randy Moss one year. He's going to utilize Randy Moss with that number one receiver technique. Now he's got Wes Welker, and he's going to use the slots receiver. Then he got Gronk. You're going to use the tight end way more. Yeah. He just adjusts. Now he's got Sony Michelle this year. Who turns out to be a really nice back? You got James White out of the backfield catching passes. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of recommitted to the run, and uh, somehow they find ways to make. They have eight straight AFC championship appearances. That's unbelievable. That's, I mean, that's a dynasty of of the highest order. I mean, there's it, and the thing is, and, and like you said, the parity in the, in the NFL. It's almost impossible to do something like this, and that's why, that's why this should be so celebrated, and that's why I I am off the Patriots, you know Brady hate train, because I mean it's just like how can you hate somebody that's this successful and this consistently successful? Yeah. There's just no way. Uh, Tom Brady, the man out of Michigan, the uh, over five forty yard dash. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I mean, we look ahead to the Super Bowl matchup. Uh, just a quick, we'll get back to it later, but Tom Brady is in a very, or was 20 years ago in a very similar position that Jared Goff is in now. Uh, unproven, going up against talent, and has, has everything to gain. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk about that a little later, but it's, it's, it's amazing that he, like envisioning Jared Goff as a dynasty quarterback is just so hard. Um, and that's what yeah. Tom Brady's been able to do for 20 years. Um, yeah. I've got a question about this game, the Chiefs-Patriots game. Mm-hmm. We talk about how it came down to a coin flip, uh, which is sort of sad. I think almost every single one of the millions of viewers that were watching that game wanted Pat Mahomes to have a chance to go score right? Um, and see if Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey can put this together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is the NFL's overtime system... And we've seen it a lot this year. Is it flawed? Is there a way to change it so it's better for the viewer, for the player? What do you think? I mean, I, I like the college overtime system more. I just, I, I think it's, I don't want to say more fair, but I, I think it it just is a better way to decide which team should win the game um, because ultimately it did come down to a coin flip. But on the other hand, defense is half of the equation. I mean, you you don't have to go let them score, right? Yeah. If, if if you're the if you're the Chiefs in that situation, get a stop, and then Pat Mahomes gets his chance, right? Yeah. I mean, de- defense is quite literally half of what you need to do in overtime, <laughs> you, and so if you're not gonna go get a stop, then I I don't know, then maybe you don't deserve to get a chance. I I I do think that the college overtime system is better, but I don't know. I mean, in football, I don't think we have any. Uh, pure overtime system that that does it perfectly and so i think it i i don't think there's need for change necessarily because i don't know if there's a change that will be any more improved than what the nfl has right now i i also love the college football um overtime system 
the A and M LSU game this year was absolutely a blast. Yeah, but it's like it was absolutely a blast to watch. <clears throat> I know it's hard on the players. At this, at a certain point, it's it's uh, it's crazy that A and M's still in the game. Um, but they're able to. It's 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 backyard football is what it is. It's like you yeah. got, you know, twenty yards to go. Can you do it? I don't know. I, I think if the NFL were to adopt anything, it would need to be that, but back them up so they're not immediately in field goal range. Like start them at like the 50, hmm. um, which may make it even longer. But I like don't know. the game longer, you mean? Yeah, right. But I just I, – I can't see them making any changes um, except for the fact that, I mean, ultimately it is an entertainment business. And so – if they want to give the fans what they want, which a lot of people are, you know, clamoring for Pat Mahomes to have a chance there, which I understand. I don't necessarily agree with that because just, you know what, just don't let him just score. Just play defense. Just play some defense, okay? <laughs> just, you don't have to let him score. So yeah. go out and get a stop. But but you got to think the Chiefs, if they had gotten the ball first, they would have scored. The Patriots may have gotten, I mean, the, the Patriots stopped him for the entire first half. I... You know, it's yeah. like they might have, yeah, they definitely could have, but you know what? <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> they didn't, but they didn't because they didn't get the ball first. So now yeah. go out and get the stop and make sure your team has a chance. But they didn't do that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's tough to see, and I think from an entertainment value, that would be the only way that the NFL would would make a change is if they look at it from pure entertainment. It's an offensive league. Fans like offense. You know, are you going to let the best offense end up, you know, winning in a shootout, or are you going to try to make a team get a stop? Um, and so, I, I think that would be the only way that they would eventually make a change. So it seems to me there's an an obvious sort of incremental step between what we talked about and what there is now. The most recent change to how overtime works is it used to be any sort of score ends the game. Right. Now it's to the point where if the First team to get the ball kicks a field goal. The second team has a chance to go down and kick a field goal or uh, score. Mm-hmm. And you just play it out. Um, can you foresee something changing so that the first team, even if they score a touchdown, the second team gets a chance? It's sort of like a um, revival. I mean, that makes, that makes it even longer. I mean, that's think about how long that could get. The game? I mean, because then you're guaranteeing two more full possessions. I mean, you think about overtime now. At most, there's like four possessions usually in in one overtime period. So, that you know what, that not necessarily would make it longer. I think we'd see a whole lot more ties, which the NFL doesn't want. Right? For sure. So I, because I, I just think. There's, Actually, there's, there's, I there's would so love many more ties. You you like ties? Yeah, I'm a fan of ties. It's the hottest take okay. of the NFL. <laughs> Dear God, I hate ties. And the, Watching the Browns tie this year was well, And awful. that's the thing. So so if you go, I don't know, you, that that step would just make it even longer. I, I don't think they'd do it. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll have to see. That's fair. I, I haven't thought about the length of the game. Because NFL games are already really long. Right. Um, well, and, it, and it's not just from a player perspective; it's from a fan yeah. perspective too. And who media wants perspective to, and who wants to watch, you know, a five-hour game? Yeah. That's a complaint of the Super Bowl. And that's—I mean—that's a complaint of other sports. It's a complaint of 
baseball, for example, is, oh my gosh, these games are so long. Yeah. You're supposed to sit down and watch this whole thing with the family. Yeah. It's like, okay, well now if you're going to overtime, that adds not just, you know, 10, 15 minutes. It could add another 45 minutes or an hour to a game. Yeah. Um, Which does make sense that college might be the way to go and that you give each other, you give each, each team a... Okay. I have a proposal oh, here. Oh, gosh. I have a proposal here. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Start them on the 20. Yeah. Um, no field goals allowed. Yeah. You have to punt on fourth down. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> touchbacks? No touchbacks. <laughs> you can recover in the end zone. Oh, my gosh. No. No kicks allowed. No no field. Just start them on the 20. Only kicks. Start them on the 20. It's a, it's, it's it's a so field penalty kick. So it's penalty kicks is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to PKs. Is there a way to go to PKs? That is the worst football. possible way to end up. Oh, my. No, it's not just It's already kicker. bad in soccer. There's not just a kicker that, that kicks field goals. It's, it's the starting Oh, offense. they go through. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's just disgusting. Um, Roger Goodell. Okay, but what if, what if they start them at the 20? No field goals. Have to go for two. Um, if you score, that way ends quick. That's sick, I would watch it. Ends quick. You have to go for two. That's huge because then, I mean, that's another chance for the they're not to be. To tie. I mean, that's that's almost not. like, and I I don't know the exact statistics on, on, going for two. I I think it's about fifty percent or maybe a little bit less than fifty percent. So each overtime, I mean, even if each team scores in each overtime. You have a fifty percent chance that that the game is going to be over, right? Um, which I'd love it. I th- I think overtime as a concept, like in itself, is great. Like, like who who doesn't love free football? I think it gets drawn out too much in the NFL, and and I think it gets not necessarily boring, but um, it just gets tired because you see uh, a lot of times just with the way offenses are now, you see a lot of times the first team to get the ball goes down yeah once again um however in the other championship game yeah let's get into that one we saw that mess um, well we saw an overtime that uh maybe shouldn't have been an overtime <coughs> uh after okay I, I i want your take is this do you think the worst call in in NFL history, I guess you haven't seen every game in NFL history. Well, so I have. Oh, uh, in preparation for your question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, with my limited knowledge scope, yes. This is insane. This this absolutely changes the outcome of the game. Of course, yeah. Um. It changes sort of the legacy of Drew Brees. It changes. The legacy of Sean McVay. It changes Jared Goff, what he's been able to do. It, it's it's absolutely insane that this happened. Um, Michael Thomas on either Instagram or Twitter uh, calls for, for Roger Goodell um, to pick up the phone, I think he says. Uh, it's referencing there's a rule in the NFL a rule book that says they can replay NFL games if there, there was really? a, yeah, if there was such a uh, inconvenience call, hmm. uh, so basically, if there's a call that's so bad, that's so wrong, and the NFL acknowledges it, there is a literal rule written into the NFL law, uh, law uh, bylaws uh, that says they can replay a full game. 
Now, does it call for that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there, uh, yeah, there should be. Instead of the Pro Bowl, it should be Saints-Rams 2.0. All that to say, the Saints got robbed, I think, of, of a, a win, of potentially a Super Bowl win because they're a stacked team, um, and it's unfortunate because their, their time's running out as being elite. I mean, I, I agree. It was one of the most egregious missed calls in NFL history, just given the gravity of the situation that it was called but I mean the, the Saints had a lot of opportunities to win that yeah. game I mean they they got the ball first in overtime and then they just can't they can't put a drag together Drew Brees throws an interception ball game right yeah and so I don't I mean I don't think you can it's it's hard for me to pin a game on one play. I mean that play clearly, if they make the right call, the game's over in mm-hmm. the Saints' favor. But the Saints did have other opportunities, um, and they also, I mean they they could have gotten a stop there. Um, they allowed one first down in overtime, which that's you know that's tough to to say. Oh, you should have stopped the best offense in the NFL in overtime. But I mean they, they had opportunities. That's that's the thing. They they had plenty of opportunities to uh, to make this happen and they didn't. But that one missed call is just I mean that's brutal. I, I, I don't know the NFL needs to be accountable for that. I mean they the, the referees have to be held accountable in, in some way or another. Uh, because that I mean th- think about I mean, you, you were talking about the legacies that changes. That changes the course of the history of the NFL. I mean, in in so many different ways. Uh, just that one missed, blatantly missed call. I, I did you see that they went back and find uh, mm-hmm. the guy for a helmet helmet hit? I mean, that's that's so two missed calls on that one hit. Yeah. Um, it's almost it's almost a joke that they went back and. And find him. It's like it's it's such a bizarre situation. Um, that uh, defender, I forgot his name. I'll look it up in a second. He had one of those double names. Yeah, those hyphens. Those hyphen. Not remembering both of those. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this guy, he was fined, I think, twenty nine thousand dollars or something for that hit it, on the play. It could have been pass interference. Could have been holding. Could have been helmet to helmet. Um, and and the whole referee team missed. Um, it was almost like they were waiting for someone else to call it. Yeah, it was, I have well, no idea how it happened. And then for the NFL to go back and admit the mistake, I suppose is good. But then you're opening yourself up to uh, just onslaught of criticism. It's just the way they handled this entire situation is awful. Um, and the guy's like, I'll pay the $29,000. We made it to the, <laughs> made it to the, uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Of course. Like, that's what? You're going to find him money and think that's okay? Uh, I just... If I was a Saints fan or a player, I would just be absolutely livid. Man, think about the last two years for Saints fans. Oh my gosh. I mean, y'all got your Super Bowl a few years ago, but still, I honestly wow, feel you're sorry. Right. Case I mean, Keenum. Yeah, <laughs> Stephon Diggs doing it to you down the wow. sideline last year, and then this year, the most egregious missed call in NFL history. Um,. And and I it's it's hard to say what the next step for the NFL would be, but 
they have to somehow find a way to hold these refs accountable because I mean that's you, you just can't have that that yeah. that ruins the integrity of the game um, if if you allow something like that to happen. Um, I also saw recently that those referees are all from Southern California. I also saw that, which shouldn't be a story. I mean, it's it obviously it wouldn't be if this hadn't uh-huh. happened. I mean, clearly, but like, and I, I don't know if that had any impact. There's no I, way. Um, there's no way. I'm going with no. Well, if you're a fan of conspiracy theories. <laughs> I'm going with no. Maybe maybe they're all buddies with Sean, Sean and Jared. <laughs> with Sean down in Sean LA. Payton? No way. No, Sean. Of course, Sean, Sean McVay. McVay. Sean McVay. Can we talk about him for a second? Absolutely. What he's been doing in Los Angeles is pretty crazy. I hadn't seen it firsthand until the Rams played the Cowboys. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Cowboys. R.I.P. Zeke. R.I.P. Cowboys defense. Oof. Cowboys defensive line. <laughs> the hot boys. <laughs> the hot boys. Cooled off. Dude. They got taken to Antarctica. Call them the one-way the, ticket. The walk-ons boys. They're so lukewarm. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, that game was brutal. Yeah. But the Rams outplayed the Cowboys. They outschemed, just like we were talking about Billichek. That was McVay um, in the Rams-Cowboys game. And he, their offense is, is simple yet complicated. Yeah. Uh, the way they use pre-snap motion, the way they use uh, you know fly sweeps every once in a while. They have a lot of things going on. Um, but they they ran the few, uh, the same few plays over and over again. I hadn't seen it until they played the Cowboys. It's it's uh it's definitely revolutionary, uh, and for him to be dubbed this offensive genius, offensive guru that's revolutionizing the league, I just want I want your thoughts on what he's doing. Well, it's it's so interesting. I I really think that in the next three years, we're gonna see a whole lot of NFL teams starting to do exactly what they do which is they make everything look so similar that it's impossible to tell what they're about to do. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, especially in, like, play action, it's it's everything looks exactly like, uh, you know, the ten other plays that they run from the same formation. And so you just it's, – it's so tough for a defender. There's, there's no keys. There's no tips to um, – you know, trying to figure out where the ball is going to go um, and what routes are going to be run. I think it's fascinating to see. I mean, obviously, it's a great story because of how young he is. I mean, it already has this coaching tree as a, you know, 34-year-old, uh, however old he is. But I think um, – I really think we're going to see a lot of NFL teams start to do what they're doing, which is, you know, running a lot of guys in motion – and it's essentially trying to distract and confuse the defense. Um, obviously, they've got a bunch of playmakers. It's they, they don't do this because of a lack of, of playmaking ability on the offensive side of the ball. But it's their their offense is so effective because uh, I mean you just you're, you're caught guessing if you're a defender uh, because of like you said how simple it is. I mean they they run one. Um, one personnel grouping. They they run eleven personnel like ninety five percent of their plays, which is one running back, one tight end. Ninety five percent of their plays is, is running the same personnel grouping, which there's no NFL team that does that. But they're so effective because 
in how simple they are, they're exactly as multiple. So they, they have the one personnel grouping and they run, you know, so a, a ton of different formations out of that. And out of the, each of those formations, they run plays that look similar at the beginning and then break off into, into different plays. And so, um, and with the playmakers they have, I mean, Gurley is an excellent running back. He, he really makes that team go, I mean, especially out of the backfield in the passing game. Um, Jared Goff has really come into his own. I think it's pretty funny. Um, I just remember his rookie year, there were reports coming out because he, I mean, he didn't play for most of his rookie year. And I remember there were reports coming out in like week 10 that he still didn't know the playbook <laughs> and like he was just <laughs> incompetent. Bust, yeah. And I just, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like that, that is, I mean, what a huge bust. Like th- this guy is, is terrible. Yeah. And then Sean McVay comes in and immediately just turns it all around. Yeah. Um, and you can see he has the arm talent. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think Goff was struggling purely because of situation, um, and so, and and I, you know what I, to McVay's credit, I think he's performing as well as he is, also, a lot because of, um, because of situation now, mm-hmm. um, not that he wouldn't be great on on other teams, but I really think that. McVeigh is getting the absolute most out of Jared Goff that he can. Yeah. Um, in that offense, I, I I do think it's incredible what he's doing. Um, I will say. So, you look at the Super Bowl. It's Belichick, the, the old man, the really like, like no do you know how old nickname. he, he just... is? The old man, <laughs> so old, just unbelievably 80 old. Eighty or ninety, at least. Yeah. I mean. There's no way to know, but he's got to be 100 years old. <laughs> Complete guesses. <laughs> There's no way to know. But Sean McVay, um, he is 18? 33 years old. I can look it up right here. It's right here. Um, Sean McVay. Belichick. There's just no way to tell, though. I don't, <laughs> just, it's just impossible. No, it's All just, right. yeah. Um, but I think, I think McVay... Uh, Going into this Super Bowl, I, I it's hard to think of somebody out scheming either one of them. I, yeah. I think I think it's going to be a fascinating battle, like uh, like a chess game um, between the adjustments you know they'll make throughout the game. Um, I, I I'm really going to enjoy seeing like the the first two drive the, the first drive of each of these two teams offensively um, because I think their script coming out of you know the tunnel for the first half. I, I think they're just going to have um, something really interesting drawn up to try to exploit these two defenses. Um, this Super Bowl, again, so many storylines. That's why you love sports, you know? Yeah. Storylines. There's there's just so much that goes into this game. Um, you've, again, got the old veterans who've been here before against the young guys that look like they're going to you know, be here for a while. Um and I, I really do think that this is going to make for an awesome game um, between two really, really good football teams. The The Rams are geared uh, strangely for this year, too. Um, in what way? In the way that they've signed, using free agency, veteran defensive players. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to pay some of the young guys soon, but they went out and got Aqib Tlaib. They went out and got Indominus Sue. Um, and they built this defense for a run now, mm-hmm. um, and so it's 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 great that it's working out. I think <clears throat> they're gonna have to rebuild soon. 
Um, you know, not I, full rebuild. At, at least defensively, I exactly. think they will. I think they're geared offensively as well. I, the, what surprised me most about, again, the Rams-Cowboys game is their offensive line looked strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what was happening was, as Marcus was talking about, they have all this razzle-dazzle in the backfield, and every play looks the same. So whether it's a run, whether it's a, a jet sweep, whether it's a play-action pass, everything looks the same. And so if you're a linebacker or you're a defensive lineman, you're playing hard to run because you know they have Todd Gurley and my man C.J. Anderson in the backfield. Bowling ball C.J. Anderson <laughs> is what they call him. Dorito. C- <laughs> C.J. Fast Food Anderson in the backfield. <laughs> Man's got a gut. Um, yeah. You're selling out to stop that run. Uh, what was happening was that the offensive line was getting pushed. And so you're selling out. You're trying to beat those guys yeah. to your spot, right. to your gap. All of a sudden, they hit that jet sweep going the other way. All of a sudden, they pull it and they play action. And then your, your linebackers are nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the key for the Patriots in this game, and I think what they're capable of doing to beat this Rams team, um, is to stop the run. Um, and then to sell out for the run and make Jared Goff beat you with play action. I think he's capable, but I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think he's proven. I mean, That's what the Saints did. did. Uh, they held the, uh, you know, Todd Gurley 10 yards, C.J. Anderson like 30 yards. Yeah, right. um, and if you can do that, you have a chance to stop Sean McVay's power offense. All that to say, um, the Rams are great. I mean, they're they're built for now. Um, they're yes. not just this young up and coming team. Right. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they they they're, are built for now. They have strong strong pieces in place. Well, and and here's the thing, um, and th- this is this is what's so interesting. I think <laughs> what you really really need if you're an NFL team right now, and th- I mean this is almost impossible but this is what the formula seems to be you either need a veteran aging quarterback who has played for a ton of years and knows exactly what he needs to do along with some young playmakers or you need to sell out on both sides of the ball pay a bunch of money to everybody and have a a quarterback that's still on his rookie contract Uh, because uh, otherwise it's just so tough I mean if, if you have like a quarterback on a second contract and I mean, he's he's still like, learning. Uh, he's still Cam growing. Or yeah, I mean, like Dak's gonna be in in the near future, um, a guy that's you know still still growing as a quarterback. But you're paying him a ton of money, and it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough to be able to to build around that. Um, and I don't know. I I just think that this game kind of shows that the two ways. Uh, that teams have been able to be successful this year. I mean, we saw it in the championship games. It was yeah. it was Breeze and Brady uh, versus Goff and Mahomes. Yeah. Who, you know, the past versus the future. Uh, but at the same time, the Rams have absolutely sold out on on both sides of the ball, and that's that's what you have to do. It's at at some point as an NFL team, you have to realize like we have to put all our chips in right now. And, and go out and get the free agents that, that are going to, you know, that we're going to have to pay a ton of money. Um, we're not building for the future anymore. We are, we're, we're building right now because we want to go win this thing right now. And, that, and that's what the Rams did. Um, and and I, th- I think other teams need to look at that and, and realize, like, you, you can't always be building for the future because, I mean, the Cowboys have been building for the future for 25 years. Yeah. And look where it's gotten them. No NFC championship games, right? And right. so – Eventually, it's time to just just go all in, put all your chips in on one squad, and that's what the Rams did, and, and that's why they've been so successful this year. 
it's such a hard thing to do though it, it, as a Cowboys fan or as any sort of mediocre teams fan it's so hard to condone like going out and spending so much so much money because so many times it doesn't work yeah um, you remember like, a couple years ago you had the, the dream team the Eagles Philadelphia Eagles did the same thing uh, go out and acquire these huge names and, and it absolutely failed right. um, losing record I think uh, it, it's just countless examples of that I think there's a way to do it through the draft um, but the like the Saints, I think, did it through the draft. I mean, that's the thing. Somehow you, you, they you got Alvin Kamara. Sometimes they, uh, somehow they got Michael Thomas. These right. playmakers that you hit in the same like, two years. Ingram, yeah. exactly. Um, but you have to have the quarterback, uh, which is exactly what you're saying. Drew Brees is the guy. He's the veteran yeah. presence that can make all these guys better. So it's I, so I, fascinating. It's the, it's it's the dichotomy of the of the league. And I I just think, I think the biggest takeaway from the playoffs up to this point uh, for every NFL team. If, if you're looking at how can we be successful as an NFL team right now, it's improve your passing game. I mean, that, that yeah. has to be every team's first um, first thing on their mind this offseason is how can we make our passing game better? Mm-hmm. Which it, I mean, which is just crazy to think about that that is the most important thing, but I, it is. You, you have to have the, a, a top five passing game or you cannot be a successful NFL team. I mean, the, the Cowboys just got eaten alive by the Rams, and it's because the Rams have the passing game, and the Cowboys, they got down, and they weren't able to come back because they just did not quite have the passing attack to do it. And when people sell out to stop the run, I mean, that's, there are ways to do that, that you can stop almost any rushing offense. And when that happens, what do you do? Uh, if you're a run-first identity and you have no passing offense, you're screwed. You, you can't. And, and that's the thing. I just don't think a run-first offense is going to be successful in the NFL. That's interesting. I, it seems – it seems – go ahead. Sorry. I mean, I, I, I think what the Cowboys have done has been successful to a point, right? What, yeah. what, what they've done with, with Zeke. Obviously, Zeke has looked like one of the greatest running backs in the league. But what, is, what has that gotten them? Where, where has that gotten them? One, one playoff win? Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, okay, that's, that's great. Zeke is, you know – Two-time rushing champ, that's awesome. But where does that get you in the playoffs? It, n- nowhere, right? Because once you face these teams that can throw it all around the field and have the ability to stop the run and dare see, I mean, and it's not even that the Rams had a great run defense. They really didn't. They had one of the worst in the NFL coming into this, uh, coming into the game against the Cowboys. But if you go into a game and you say, okay, we're gonna beat them with the run, and they stop the run, and you don't make adjustments because you can't because you're not talented enough in your passing game, then there's nothing you can do to, to beat that team, right? And I, I really think the Cowboys are, are closer than we think because, I, I, I mean, the strides that Dak made late in the season were, were very important for him to make. And, and I really do think that, that they're getting there. Amari Cooper is a great piece for, this, for the Cowboys team um, for the future. But I think... I mean, it, you, you've got to take the next step uh, as a passing offense. And, um, I mean, and that's that goes for every NFL team. That's, you know, not the Chiefs, Rams, Patriots, or Saints. You, you have to find that next step um, because if not, you just can't compete against these teams. It, it seemed, you take a look at the divisional rounds, um, the Colts versus the, the Chiefs and the, and the Cowboys versus the Rams. Mm-hmm. It seems to apply even to the, the Colts. Um, who had 
I mean, Andrew Luck played Incredible very well. Quarterback. Uh, but they their identity was a run first team, um, and they wanted Marlon Mack and and sort of their running back by committee team to to be their identity. Um, when some might argue they should just turn Andrew Luck loose, and it's it, that's that's a great point to think about. I've never here's a take for you. Establishing the run doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> wow. That that me that is meaning Dude. that's meaningless. What what is every every t- coach okay. over the age of sixty just okay. rolled over? Ex- ex- explain to me what establishing the run does for a team, does for an offense. Establishing the run forces people to stop the run. So, I mean, it, it, you have a front seven, yeah. You're you're lining up. You're running the ball. You're getting four or five yards. You force. Then to put another guy in the box, right? That's eight people in the box, maybe even nine. Then you're able to air it out. You okay. Able to open up play so, action. So, so here's what I don't understand. Yeah. If you're, for example, the Seahawks playing in, in the first round against the Cowboys, yeah. playing in the wild card round, and you're down by ten in that game. Yeah. Um, why? Why? Like, what I don't get is is teams that are so insistent on establishing the run that. You know, they they try to establish the run on the first drive, you know, three and out. Okay, that's fine. We ran the ball twice. Um, on the second drive, try to establish the run. You don't score. All of a sudden, you're down two scores. Establishing the run at that point is meaningless, right? Because teams know, okay, we're not going to let you beat us deep now, right? So, so they're, I mean, they are not worried about the run at that point, Okay. And, but you're already down two scores. It's so hard to come back from down two scores in the NFL. Yeah. And and especially if, if teams know, I mean, yeah, we'll let you run. We'll, we'll let you get four yards on first down because on second down, we'll, we'll, we'll let you get three more. Because on third down, we, we know you can't air it out and beat us. And so I, I really think establishing the run is a – it is tired and it's – it's overused and it, it is meaningless in today's NFL because you just it, wow. it it doesn't it doesn't help an offense that can't throw the ball. That's like that's that's what teams use it as an excuse for oh you know our our passing offense isn't quite good enough so we're gonna establish the run early and then that's gonna help our passing offense. No, it won't. Okay, <laughs> it it will not help your passing. I I guarantee you have to have the playmakers on on that aspect of your offense. I love it. There's I love take. the powerful, powerful jargon. It's tired. You know, it is. Who, you know who just lit up the phones on walk-on? Who? Jason Garrett. Jason, if you're listening, <laughs> please give me a call because Dear God. I got some things. Uh, it makes to tell sense, you, Marcus. Literally, it makes sense. Uh, you hear the passing, the good passing teams, passing offenses, is that their their passing offense opens up the run. Right. Um, and it sort of works in. in to, in opposite Tell me form. this. Tell me this. Do the Chiefs establish the run? No. No. Not since Kareem. We'll stay away from that one. No. They Tell me don't. this. Do, do the did the Rams against the Cowboys? See that. That's what I was going to bring up. They they did a okay. Yes. They, they, they ran the ball well. Yeah. But that's different than establish it. Like to me, when 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 somebody says okay, we're going to establish the run, that means that. We are going to run the ball whether it works or not, and be in the you know in the first half at least because um, because that's what our identity is, and we're sticking to our identity, and that's we're going to run between the tackles, 
and it may not work, but that's okay because that's what we do, right? Yes. The Rams and the Ram, you know, you know why the Rams is totally different is yeah. because that that's not their identity. Their identity is is airing it out. Their identity has been being successful throwing the football, right? Yes. And so it, it for the Rams running against the Cowboys, it was almost like everybody expected them to zig and they zagged, right? They 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 took what you were not game planning against and they used that against you. I mean, who who was game planning for CJ Anderson running for over 100 yards? Nobody. I mean, I guarantee nobody on the Cowboys defensive coaching staff was like, "Okay, guys, I know Todd Gurley's a good back, but when <laughs> CJ comes in, we're low in the box. We can't we can't have CJ run all over us." I mean, cuz that's it's I I think that was just another Sean McVay coaching genius moment and it goes back to their offensive line. Their their offensive line just blew that Cowboys defensive front off the ball. And so to me that instead of establishing the run, that was more of just they just ran the football well. And Jared Goff honestly did not have an, a great day, but it didn't really matter because they were able to run the football so well against the Cowboys front that had been pretty stingy against the run the whole year. I, th- I think they just found some weaknesses in the Cowboys scheme is, is really what it was. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it was, we're going to establish the run because we know they can't stop it. You know? Yeah. I, I can see what you're saying. I, I think they have Todd Gurley and I think they are very similar to what the Cowboys have done without the creative genius on the offense. You know what? I, I think they're what the Cowboys want to be. I think that offense. I, I I hope that's what the Cowboys want to be. I, mean, I don't think it is because I think Jared, okay, Jason Garrett is. That's either, fair. That's I, not exact. That's not at all what he wants. Here's the thing. What Jason Garrett wants is is literally the black and white football that you just talked about. That's tired and, and overused. Um, to me, Todd Gurley is their guy. Like who's the best player on the Rams team? That's Todd Gurley. He's been hurt lately, but all season it's been him. Um, he is the second leading rusher. He's the guy that's carried the team and why the play action works. Um, I just think he makes the scheme run. If people, if, if C.J. Anderson was their main back, um, people wouldn't be concerned. I, I don't know. It, it seemed to have been a counterexample with the Cowboys. To me, it still can work. I 100% agree with you, though, Marcus. I think it's... I, think it's, I mean, I look at the Colts, you look at the, the Cowboys, if they had... The ability or the willingness to air it out, um, it might be a different championship Sunday. So here's the thing. Ezekiel Elliott led the league in rushing yards. That's fantastic. Good for him, right? I, I mean, he is. I'm not arguing that he's not a great running back. Sure. He is. It's just whether the formula he's, works. Well, he's 24th in yards per carry this year. So tell me that that doesn't mean that this is just a predictable Cowboys offense. It absolutely that is. That piled up a ton of yards because, I mean, they just ran them into the ground, right? I mean, and I, I can't even tell you how many times that, I mean, it was obvious that the Cowboys were going to run, and, and they did, and, you know, Zeke picked up one, two yards, and I, I just think you can't be predictable in today's NFL, and, and that's obviously, that that's why Sean McVay has been so successful, because he has, you know, created the ultimate sense of unpredictability uh, from an offensive standpoint. And that's why I think Jason Garrett's offense hasn't been successful because they run the, they run the ball predictably, right? And, and, and they pass the ball predictably. I saw 
I think it was in the in the game against the Rams. The first like nine drives that the Cowboys had, um, every time they got a first down, they alternated run and pass. So if they ran it on first down, they passed on second down. If they passed on first down, they ran it on second down. I mean that's that's predictability, and and that's what you can't have, and that's why I think. As, as many yards as Zeke has piled up, you, you can't just say, okay, we're going to run the football because that's what we do best. That's great that you do that well, but that's not how you win football games anymore. I agree. Again, we lend ourselves to Cowboys conversation because we are Cowboys fans. Yeah, but this this trend exists widely. Yeah. Um, I, I love your point. Like, in order to win the NFL, it's proven by this, this championship weekend. You have your veteran quarterback who makes the team go. Or quarterback on a rookie contract. Yeah. And you, you build around him. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Dang, Mark is dropping heat today. Uh, I love it, man. Uh, I want your I want your Super Bowl pick before we close it out. Real quick, Super Bowl pick. I yeah. have I, I can't bet against against Brady and yeah. and Belichick anymore. So I got Pats. What did I say? Twenty eight, twenty four. Safe pick. Okay, what's I'm your? I'm also pick? gonna go with the safe pick. Okay, come on, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> oh, cool. the listeners were ready. That's not cool. No, I think it's Brady show. Um, I think it's his last Super Bowl. That's so my it, hot take of the day. Is it his last game? Because today he said there's zero percent chance that it's his last game, or he just doesn't make it back to the Super Bowl next year. I can see that. I, I think he will not retire. I think he has two or three more years left. Two or three. I think he has two or three more years left, and I think he will not make it to another Super Bowl. Hmm. Um, I think they'll win handily. Brady. 24-10. Remember this. I think 24-10. Sorry, Rams. You're getting, you're getting brought Ten. to school. Yeah. Huh. Sean McVay is going to be in the classroom. All right, so just Belichick. so you all know, um, whoever loses this bet uh, has to sleep on the balcony. We already made that bet. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for Thank tuning in. Thank you all for in. listening. Be sure to catch it on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast app. Look out on Wednesday as well as we might be coming to you with some NBA heat. So thank you all for listening. It's the walk-ons. See ya.